Hello, welcome to the West Side Podcast. This is where we'll post some of our audio from our sermons on Sunday, and we're so glad that you're here. West Side's vision is to reconcile people to God through the grace of Jesus step by step. We hope you enjoy, and thanks for tuning in. You know, it is interesting uh, throughout, throughout the fall, uh, I felt pretty clear, uh, I felt pretty clear that January was supposed to be a uh, mission and vision series, and uh, I felt like God was really prompting me in that direction, kind of wanted us as a church to, to walk through, like, what does it mean to be a church? Who, who are we? And where are we going? All that kind of fun and exciting stuff. And I thought that when the Lord prompted me in that direction, that somewhere in the lead up to this series, there would be some big flashing light bulb that came off, it came off for, for me. Uh, saying, hey, here's our big new thing that we're going to be about. Here's where we're going. Here's, here's the exciting stuff that, that's going on. And um, I thought and I prayed and I waited and then I kept waiting and I kept waiting and I was like, oh, I got to preach on Sunday. And I, I'm, I'm feeling like God is saying, um, let's, let's learn how to be faithful in the moment that we are in right now. Now, I, I love that, Lord. I, I'm so grateful for that, that, uh, that message. So good. Resonate with that a lot, for sure. Uh, I am also a planner, though, and I, I like to have a vision. I kind of like think about where we're going and thinking about like what I'm going to be preaching in the, in the months and the weeks uh, ahead. And uh, the Lord is very, it seems to be very interested in, in me just like not, not getting to do a lot of that planning right now. I've heard a very specific, like, let's not plan right now, which is a word that I do not want to hear. <clears throat> I know that did not come from within me because uh, that would never be the word that I would say. <laughs> but it's been good as I've thought and prayed about that because I, I feel like in the midst of that, there's this call to uh, call back to maybe some fundamentals, some things, maybe some foundations that... Um, would be important to revisit. So also, like we talked about in our Genesis series, it's a call to a particular kind of faith. As I've been thinking about this, I, uh, I recalled uh, a hike that I went on a few, uh, a few years ago. It was June of 2019. I went up uh, just outside of Waldo Lake on the, on the right up to Waldo Lake. There's a a trail that breaks off to the right up to the Twins. It's just like two little peaks together. And from the top of that trail, you can, you have this really nice vista over, uh, uh, over the lake and you can see the sisters and and everything. It's, it's nice. It's a great little hike. Uh, I went there in the latter half of June of 2019, if you remember, uh, winter 2018, 2019 was a was a cold and snowy one for uh, for us here. It looks like we're gonna get some snow next weekend. Yay! No. Th- uh, thumbs thumb. It's a, it's a real like either thumbs up or thumbs down uh, <clears throat> response for you. I understand. I'm a thumbs up person when it comes to snow. Um, 
So at the end of June, I'm hiking here at the three, four, five thousand feet uh, of elevation, thinking I'm going to have a. This is my first time on this trail. I've got a little guidebook, but I, I'm thinking I'm just going to like follow this uh, this little dirt path all the way up. And about a half mile in, I hit a significant amount of snow, and I'm like, well, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to keep on going here. But then I started to realize this is a popular snowshoe trail. And in, on snowshoe trails or cross-country trails, um, you'll see these little blue markers, these little blue diamonds. If you've ever done any winter exploring up in the mountains, uh, you, you know these well. Now, if you know where you're going, the blue diamonds can be super helpful. If you don't, then they can be sometimes a little bit helpful and sometimes less so. Over the course of this hike, I, I had to learn to like just figure out how to get to the next blue diamond. And at every time I saw one of those blue markers, I would get there and I could not see the next one. I just had a general sense of the direction I was supposed to keep going. And it would take a few minutes moving along in the snow, post holing the whole way. It was a lot of work. It's good times. And then eventually, another blue mark showed up. And that is the image in my head as we begin this year, taking just a few enough steps in the right direction, the direction that we know that God is calling us to. And trusting that as we do that, that next marker, that next goal, however you want to frame it, that next move that we're supposed to make, that that will become clear, but we don't get to see what that is until we've taken the first few steps into a little bit of an unknown as well. Which is all fine, well, and good, but who are we going to be in the meantime? Who are we going to be in the midst of those steps? That's kind of what I want to turn our attention to this morning. If you were here September 1st, my very first like official Sunday, I, I preached from the end of 1 Corinthians 1 into 1 Corinthians 2. And I want to pick back up in 1 Corinthians 2. We didn't get to talk a whole lot about those first few verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Because this, at its core, is who I want to be and who I want for us to be. Uh, faith is, uh, faith is a, a funny thing to think about at, at this time of year where we're thinking about resolutions and like what we want this year to be about and all of that kind of exciting stuff. Faith flies in the face of the world of resolutions because it's not an achievable thing. Can we grow? Absolutely. Is it a walk that we are progressing along? Absolutely. Are there habits that go with that? Absolutely. But it's not like a, oh, I checked this mark off and now I'm a 5% better person of faith. Like that's just not how, that's not how it's framed in scripture. It's not how God works. It's not how humans are, are, are built. And so we have to have to think in a little bit different direction here. And there's a lot of good direction here in this um, in this particular passage. You know, we are we are each James James K.A. Smith in his book Desiring the Kingdom, he says we're all being drawn towards some vision of the good life. And the habits of our life kind of follow suit. They follow in tow. 
You can, you can tell what you value the most by looking at your habits because the stuff that you make your life about is actually moving you towards a particular vision of the good life. You, we may think that we value X, Y, and Z, but when we take a, a habit audit, when we take a step back and look at the stuff that our life is actually about, it's like, oh, I'm not actually moving that direction. I'm moving this direction. And this is why like resolutions can be so frustrating. Like you want to start a new habit and whatnot. That's great. You can grit it out and start a new habit in three weeks or a month or, or whatever it is, like doing this same new thing each each and every day. But eventually you run out of willpower, right? Like there's studies over the last few years that few years that show that willpower is like a it's a finite resource. Like you wake up with a certain amount of it every day, and by the end of the day, like that, you have used it up. Like and if you want to start a whole lot of new habits, then that's going to use up that willpower by like 9 a.m. potentially, and then you got to figure out what you're going to do for the next like 10 hours of 10, 12 hours of your of your day. But we're all. We're all compelled by some vision of that life. Those habits can take root if there is a big enough why driving them. If there is a big enough why behind. Fitness goals work if you have something bigger than, oh, I just kind of want to be in better shape behind it. Like, that's not a bad desire, but it's not strong enough to pull along like, oh, I'm going to start running every day. Like, that's, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work out like that. You run out of the willpower over time. And so our question is, how are we shaping, how is our vision of the good life, how is our vision of life, what we want to be about, how is that being shaped each day? Or as Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 2, which wisdom are we buying into? Which wisdom are we going to follow? And then how are our, our habits going to follow accordingly? 1 Corinthians 2, starting in, in verse 1, Paul says this, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. Paul said, I want proclaiming the testimony of who God is. That is the forefront of my ministry. That's what I want to be about with you, church in Corinth. That's what I want to be about. But I don't want you to ever get hung up on the way that I turned a particular phrase. I don't want you to get caught up with the way that I said it. I want to proclaim it. I want to proclaim God and let that be what it is. It said human wisdom, the stuff that tickles our ears, the stuff that sounds good for a minute. He's like, that stuff will all fall away. What will not fall away is the testimony of God. And here's what, here's Paul's like primary focus. Verse two, he says this, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I resolved to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. What's Paul saying here? Is, like, is he saying I'm just focusing on the cross element of 
like the work of Jesus. I don't think that's what's happening here. Um, put like the nerd glasses on for like a moment here, uh, if you'll um, allow me. Uh, there's a there's a, um, a figure of speech. Um, called metonymy, where uh, an author uses a part of one thing to stand in for the whole. I think what Paul is saying here is like, he's saying Christ crucified, that one part of his ministry, that one part of his life is standing for all of the gospel. It's clear that Paul wants the church in Corinth to know the gospel in its entirety. So this could have been communicated simply by saying, uh, I resolve to know nothing uh, among you except Christ and him resurrected, which sounds a little more positive, right? It sounds a little more exciting. It reminds us of the power that, of God that was at work when Christ was brought from death to life. But I think Paul is trying to make a particular point here. He's trying to drive home the, the idea that he is not operating on human wisdom. And so he says, I resolved to know nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. I wanted to go with the part of the story that doesn't make sense to human minds on its own. God came and died on our behalf. And that is what I wanted to emphasize among you. Christ and him crucified. I wanted to know nothing except him and him crucified among you. And Westside, desire one for me is that we would be a people that are inch by inch, day by day, moving towards this life that is wholly centered on the person of Christ, the person and the work of Jesus. I have a couple of like, here, let's do this together, a points for us today. It's nothing too uh, exciting or profound, but it's, it's simple and it's what I want us to be about. And the first one is this, let's know Jesus better together. Let's put Jesus at the forefront of every little thing that we are going to do. Every little conversation, every big decision, and everything in between. Let's make this a year of resolving to know Christ better together. And I would, I would charge you, if you are a resolutions person, if you've been thinking through, like, what do I want 2024 to, to be about? I want, I want to challenge you, where does, where does Jesus fit in with all that? Are you on your own program and kind of working Jesus in where it works for you, where it's convenient? Or is Christ the center point of it all and everything else falls into place? Are we seeking first the kingdom and letting everything else fall into place around that? Paul wanted to know Christ and Christ first, and I, I think it's not a bad goal for ourselves. Nothing except Christ and him crucified. On to verse three. Paul says, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. This is Paul's model for pastoral ministry. Not a flashy figure who gets your attention and... Uh, tickles your ears with what he has to say. Paul says, it was weakness, it was fear, it was trembling. I was shaking in my boots when I came to proclaim Christ 
to you. And in Paul's mind, that is the best possible scenario. Because that is where the power of Christ can be seen. Here, he says that very thing. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. You could go hear a better podcast. You could go hear a better TED Talk than what, you, than what you're hearing from me, is what Paul is saying. You could go hear something more interesting, more compelling, more exciting. He wants to admit that right out the gate. Not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. A sermon that could only be explained by the Holy Spirit showing up and doing something in your heart. Not a fancy turn of phrase, but the powerful work of the Holy Spirit. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Preaching is one of my favorite things. I, I love it. I love teaching. I love preaching. I love taking a piece of content and a group of people and mashing it up all together and figuring out how, how we can learn well together. It's one of my very favorite things. And preparing, I, I love to prepare. I love to deliver. I love the whole thing. I love the exhaustion afterwards. I love every part of it. I, Sunday afternoon naps are legit. Love those. But my sermons and any sermon that you hear from up here, it cannot hold up under the weight of our lives. It cannot be the primary source of our faith. I can't hold up under that pressure. I, I'm going to preach, bad, I have preached bad sermons. I'm going to preach bad sermons. We're going to hear uh, from me some stuff where you're just like, ah, I just, oh, I wish that had ended like 25 minutes earlier. Like, <laughs> like that, that was, it's going to happen. And, and, and that, sure, that's going to happen. I don't ever use that. I don't ever want to use like the Holy Spirit working as an excuse to not prepare. Like it is part of my, my job and part of my work. And I invest in that and I love it. And I, I'm going to prepare well. And yet all of that is nothing compared to the way that the Holy Spirit is going to use what comes out here. So it's my job to try to as faithfully as possible, take what God has already said to us and make it fresh for us today. I, like I'm going to do the best that I possibly can. And all of those efforts will, will pale in comparison to what the Holy Spirit can do with those words in your heart. It is the, it is the Holy Spirit's power that is going to animate this whole thing. It's going to make us move one direction or the other. I like to think of uh, sermons as um, sort of a weekly manna, right? 
It's supposed to be kind of the thing that gets you through. It's the word that you needed to hear that you didn't know you needed to hear for that particular week. It's something to get you through. But there's a whole lot of hours between when you leave here on a Sunday and you come back on that next Sunday morning. We're going to talk a little bit the next three weeks about what does that look like? How do we structure our lives around like trying to put Christ at the center of all things? We're going to focus on that a lot. Like The sermon should be a food source for you. It just can't be the only one. Yeah. And the Spirit is going to guide us into it. So let's Let's know Jesus better together, and let's rely on the Holy Spirit more together. Let's do that. Let's rely more on the Holy Spirit together. This, one of the things I'm excited about this year is that I'm going through the licensing process with Foursquare. Foursquare is still like a, a new world to me, and part of our Foursquare identity is this Pentecostal nature, this leading in, leaning into the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and one of the things I'm most excited about this year is to learn more about that and lead us more into that. If the Holy Spirit's not prompting and not leading, then that, I don't want, I don't want it. So let's, let's lean in to that. We didn't get to these verses uh, in September. Start verse six. Look at verse six. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. So Paul is not saying that wisdom is not important. Not saying that at all. He's saying there's a particular kind of wisdom that we're going to focus on. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, he said in an election year. Coming to nothing. You know, we, we laugh because we have to laugh about that one, right? I mean, it is a laughable state of affairs uh, these days. But there is increasing propensity to identify politically first. This is the first time in the history of our country, these last like five to 10 years, first time in the history of our country that people are more willing and more ready to identify politically before religiously. And we can, if we're not careful, we are going to feel that in this room. We will. If we are more interested in one candidate or another, one party or uh, another. And I'm not saying that from like a, you have to be a centrist position. I'm not saying that at all. I think you have to have both sitting at the tables. Like, I think you gotta have both. I think that is a good thing. But if, if your life is primarily politically oriented, you got to know what Paul is saying here and what we know to be true because of the way it bears itself out in life. You're investing in something that's falling short. You're investing in something that's not going to last. 
If your mood rises and falls on the tides of an election going one way or another, you're investing in something that Paul here says is coming to nothing. And the scarier part about that is when we, when we orient ourselves that way, we're saying, I'm buying into this human wisdom. That is the primary orienting part of my life. And what happens is those habits start, habits of heart and mind start to follow suit. And they have very little to do with following Jesus. They have very little to do with where the Holy Spirit is trying to take us. It's coming to nothing. Next time you turn on the news, just say, this is coming to nothing. And then like, let that be, let that be your little news liturgy. This is coming to nothing. And then turn it off and say, that is coming to nothing. That should be our news watching liturgy. I'm not saying be disengaged. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying just be so careful that it doesn't become the main thing. It's good to be engaged. It's good to watch the news Some, sometimes, some places, some sources. I'll stop talking about that now. <laughs> Number seven, verse seven. No, uh, we declare God's wisdom. It's not that there's no wisdom, it's, it's God's wisdom. And here's the frustrating part. Here's what I've been dealing with these last couple of weeks as I, and months as I've been trying to prep this series. What is God's wisdom? A mystery. Cool. Where does that go on the multiple choice? <laughs> no, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. You need a why. You need a bigger vision for life. I think Paul just handed it to us. A mystery that has been hidden and that God has destined for our glory before time even began. Church Westside, let's lean into the mystery of God's wisdom together. There was a mystery on that trail. I would find a blue marker and take a few steps into some very deep snow and not really know exactly where I was going until a couple more steps and a couple more steps and a couple more steps in the right direction. And there was another marker, another, another thing to lead along the path. One of the things that, uh, man, if you think back to your like last few Januaries, January 2020, January 2021, January 2022, 2023, this year, very different experiences, each of those like starting each of those years. Um, for me, I found one consistent piece all the way along is that I could not have told you what those previous 12 months were going to be like. I could not have told you the things that God was going to do in my heart and our family's life in Westside's life. I couldn't... We're going to get to January 2025, and there's going to be surprises 
along the way. Let's lean into, let, let's let that mystery, the mystery of life, point us towards the mystery of God. I love that Paul so confidently talks about this as a mystery. We love our arguments and our points and like being right. And I think a lot of the time God is just up there going like, well, yeah, yeah, you might be right about that. And maybe not, maybe not. Mystery, mystery for you. Keep trying. And that's the thing. Keep, keep leaning. And so here's, here's the, just the one simple question I want to leave us with for today. Over the next couple of weeks, I, I felt the Lord just kind of impressing a couple of words upon my heart that I want to lean into one of those each, each week over the course of, of January to try to put some teeth on this message. How are we going to do that as, as a group of people? But I wanted to just start here, and I want to leave you with this question. How will you let the unknowns be an invitation to deeper relationship with God this year? How are you going to let unknowns, whether they be in relationships, whether they be in your work life, wherever they may be. Maybe it's something where you're just like holding on, waiting for God to show up in a particular area of your life. And it's just a big unknown. It's been an unknown for a long time. And, and when things are an unknown for a long time, they can, they can do one of two things. We, we can start to drift away and start to do things on our own. Or we can use those moments, we can use those as a catalyst for faith in this God who is calling us to mystery. Will we let the unknowns that are going to unfold, that are already at work in our lives right now? Will we let those drive us into deeper relationship with God or are they going to move us the opposite direction? My, my prayer is that as we, as we put Christ at the center and as we, as we lean into the spirit working here in ways, I want stuff to happen in our lives and here in our church that we can only explain by it was the spirit who showed up. The Holy Spirit showed up and did that thing. As we lean into that stuff, I think we can learn how to live with unknowns and mystery a little bit better. Uh, worship team, why don't you come up? Let's sing. Let's sing about that. Let's pray. Uh, our, our prayer team is going to be up here as well. If you feel something stirring in your heart, if you've got something um, you just want to um, share with somebody, the prayer team will be over here. Um, I'm around. I'll be here eating chili for a while. So I <laughs> uh, would love to, to chat with you. But yeah, let's pray. Mm. Lord, we... Um, uh, not not so excited about unknowns a lot a lot of the time, um, but they're the exact places that you uh, call us. So help us to be faithful with them, and to learn that the mystery is where the beauty lies, 
and help us to lean into moments that are gray, that don't always have a clear this way or that. Help us to lean in and trust that you are going to be there with us and guiding uh, along, along the way. Lord, would, would Westside be a place of joyous faith? A place that that emanates your goodness to the community, to the world, to those in our lives. Would you pull us towards a a center of, of Christ in our life and everything else falling into place around that? Would you help us help us to get over our our undying desire to just like be in control of what's happening next and to dictate what comes next and to plan and to know and to to move towards it? Would you give us would you help us to just like back off of that and trust that your spirit is going to move and your spirit is going to work within us? We need some heart restructuring, we need some we need some healing, we need some some mending. We need some reordering of priorities. So God, would you come and graciously like do all, do that work in our lives and help us to do that work together as a community. We're excited for where you want to lead us. And we just want to walk faithfully this week and trust that the next blue light will be there on the way. In Jesus name. Amen.